0: Hello, this is John Bowling, and thank you for listening to the Franklin First United Methodist Church podcast. I hope you enjoy this and find it encouraging and inspiring. If you'd like to check us out online, go to www.franklinfirstumc.com. Lord, we are grateful that we are not merely a church but a part of the same family, not because we always agree. Not because we know each other so well, but because we share this common bond, this, this love for Jesus, a desire to serve Jesus, to be obedient to Jesus, not only as our Savior, but also as our Lord. And so we're grateful for the opportunity that we have to know one another and to enter into a deeper relationship than we might if we did not share this common bond, this spiritual bond. So we pray that... Always that we would be an open congregation, that that folks may always be coming in, that we would actively be seeking others to be a part of this fellowship. But we also pray, oh God, that you would help us to grow together as a congregation, that we might be doing things that are, are pleasing to you, that we can always support and encourage and pray for one another and allow you to work through us and in this place and we ask it today in Jesus name. Amen. I want to read just four verses of scripture. I was going to read some more verses, but from John chapter 1. Next Sunday of course is, is Mother's Day. I always have a difficult time on on Mother's and Father's Day, so I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do. Um, but we are going to have a Mother's Day tea. Sometimes we we have uh, gifts from mothers, And uh, usually th- those come to us through catalogs and things, you know, with a scripture verse on them. And nine times out of ten, uh, it's, it's, well, it's a piece of junk. And, and we might have the church name on it or a scripture verse. And you lose it or you break it. And it's really uh, not a big deal. It doesn't make anybody feel special. But at least we can say, we gave all of our mothers and all the women in the church a gift. So we've done this before uh, we, we, we will have some, some home baked goodies and uh, something to drink. Of course, uh, that'll be for everyone, but we're, we're doing it uh, in honor of, of, of our mothers next week. But today I want us to take a look at John chapter 1, and Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. And it says the next day, this is after calling some other of the disciples. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? I I think that's an interesting story to have included in the scriptures. You've often heard me say that if something wasn't important, it wouldn't be in the scriptures. We have lots of questions about Jesus, lots of questions about his family, lots of questions about his childhood. We We don't have the answers to those questions in the scriptures, so we must conclude that well, it wasn't significant about who Jesus is as the Christ, and that's why it's, it's omitted. So then the converse must also be true that there are, there are stories in the Bible and in the New Testament and the Gospels about Jesus, and at first they seem kind of odd. So, why would this story be in there? Now, I don't want to be offensive, I don't want to come across uh, as, as being negative toward your particular background or experience. But there is a fictional church in a fictional town in every United Methodist annual conference across the country. I learned about it when I went to seminary. And we were in seminary and we were studying and, and most of us, not all, were, were Methodists and we knew once we graduated from seminary we would be appointed by the bishop. To our first congregation and there was this fictitional church in a fictitional town called Buffalo Waller the name doesn't sound too pleasing does it but everybody was afraid of going to Buffalo Waller you know we, we were going to seminary in this huge metropolis of Atlanta many people were from larger cities all across the country but they were afraid to going to a place where there wasn't any traffic lights. There weren't any good places to eat. There wasn't a movie theater. No mall. Where you would have to go someplace to get someplace that you wanted to be. You'd have to leave that town of Buffalo Waller to get someplace desirable. Well, Nazareth was south of buffalo waller. Nazareth was a nothing place. In fact, you can do some reading on your own. There are some who aren't even sure Nazareth existed 2000 years ago during the time of Jesus. Jesus, there is no other source outside the gospel from the 1st century that tells us of a place called Nazareth. It's not mentioned once in the Old Testament. The Talmud itself names 63 Galilean towns and it never mentions Nazareth. No ancient historian or geographer mentions Nazareth. It's not ever mentioned in secular sources until at least the 4th century. Some have claimed, well, the name itself could be corrupted. So maybe it was another place or this name Nazareth is from a word that can be translated as branch. Now around here, we call that a creek or a crick. So maybe Nazareth was some little backwater town located next to a crick, a little water source, and it was just where a few people lived. In fact, some have even suggested it was nothing more than a family farm. You see a map there on the front of your announcement sheet that has a map of the time of Israel during Jesus. And you can see where Nazareth is. It is south of the Galilee area between Cana and Nain. Today it is situated inside a bowl. When you go into Nazareth, you you feel like you're in a bowl. The Nazareth Ridge, north of the Jezreel Valley. Today it is the largest and the capital city in the northern district of Israel. It also serves as the unofficial Arab capital for Arab citizens who make up the majority of the population there, more than 60,000. According to Matthew, Joseph, and Mary, once they fled Israel, after the birth of Jesus, they went to Egypt and then they came back and lived in Nazareth. It was the home of Joseph and Mary, Luke tells us. The church of the Annunciation is there now. A church built over a grotto, a cave, believed to where the Gabriel, the angel came and, and announced to Mary that she would give birth to Jesus who would become the Christ. The current church, I believe, is just a few decades old and in recognition of what took place there in honor of the Annunciation, Gabriel announcing to Mary that she would give birth to Jesus, countries and denominations and churches literally all around the world have given statues and mosaics and sculptures, all of Mary both inside and outside the church. It's almost like a museum. It is certainly priceless. So we know a lot about Nazareth now. We know what Nazareth is today, but it's important to remember what Nazareth was 2,000 years ago. And so this newly summoned disciple, Nathaniel, responds to the information about This man, Jesus, who is to be the Messiah. Now you think that this one would be from, well, you know, a good family. People with a name. Perhaps people of a certain class. People from a significant place. And he learns about his hometown and he patronizes, even responds in a snobbish way. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Remember, it wasn't a distinguished place. It wasn't home to the temple. It wasn't like Jerusalem. Jerusalem, which was a a, a bustling metropolis, the home of the temple, the the holy habitation of God. It it, it wasn't some town known for great fishing. Bethsaida is mentioned. That, That means house of fishermen. So it, 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 it wasn't a place known for good fishing. It wasn't a place that was, that was known to give birth to some tremendous military leader or some great prophet. It wasn't known to be a place where the ground was particularly fertile and so tremendous crops grew in that area. It was known for nothing. So how could anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Maybe, maybe we need to ask ourselves that question today, putting it in our own context where we are. Can anything good come out of a place that's not New York City, that's not Beverly Hills, that's not Hollywood, that's not London or Paris? Can anything good come from a place that's not filled with wealthy or or prestigious or privileged people where there's not an elite group where everyone isn't well educated and well mannered? Sometimes, sometimes I felt like I was from Nazareth. You ever felt that way? That you came from Nazareth or maybe you've been in Nazareth or maybe you work in Nazareth. I I, I find that as a pastor all the time. People that don't believe that they're good enough for God. They they don't understand this whole idea of grace. We, We don't have to be good. God, out of His goodness, He reaches out to us. Now it's, it's been our tradition as, as it is in many United Methodist congregations, but it's only been that way for 20 or 25 years where we celebrate, where we observe the Lord's Supper on the first Sunday of, of every month. But when I first started in the ministry we had it about once a quarter or so. And older ministers would always tell me, now never announce when you're going to have communion. You, you've heard me mention this before. Why? Because there are people who won't come. They'll say to themselves, I'm not worthy to receive the Lord's supper yet yet Jesus specifically instigates the Lord's Supper because he wants us to be involved in a communion of his spirit sharing his spirit with our spirit but some people have been convinced that that they've been well born on the wrong side of the tracks that's That's sometimes the phrase that we hear I think we mean it in a lot of ways most often we talk about it in terms of financial status I was born on the wrong side of the tracks I don't have the kind of money the wealth the privilege that others have had and and we don't like to talk about it sometimes we even politicize it but it's just the truth money can be divisive money can create barriers between a person and another or a group. Sometimes the tracks, the other side of the tracks, are all about our social connections or lack of social connections. We are not socially acceptable for whatever reason, somehow, some way, or at least we perceive ourselves to be that way. Too slow, too sad, too different, too wimpy, too moody, whatever it may be. For some of us those tracks are physical. Sometimes people have physical impediments that, that keep them from being involved or to participate or others are, are, are fearful. It's kind of taboo and they're afraid of it and so that person is not included. We, we could go on for quite some time and talk about what it is to be on the other side of the tracks. Not to feel included. to Feel like we're from Nazareth but the truth is every one of us spiritually speaking are from Nazareth every one of us came out of nothing spiritually speaking we all come from no place from nothing and so I think Nathaniel's question can anything good count can anything good come out of Nazareth can be phrased another way in 2012 can anything good come out of Iran? Can anything good come out of Middle East conflict? Can anything good come out of this Afghan mess? Can anything good come out of the recession? Can anything good come out of my illness? Can anything good come out of my child's addiction? Can anything good come from whatever disappointment or tragedy that you're experiencing? We often focus on the tragedies and the bad things the troublesome things in our lives in our families and certainly in our country don't we and I know that we we have been in a difficult place in our nation in the last few years and people have lost their jobs and lost their homes and I, I don't want to trivialize any of that but I do wish to point to the stories of the Bible this morning it's in the worst of times and in the worst of places that God time after time shows up. You ever notice that? It's in the worst of times and in the worst of places that God time after time shows up where His power and presence pours in. And that just verifies to me that God not only lives on the right side of the tracks God not only lives in London in Paris and Jerusalem God also lives not just in Buffalo Waller but even south of Buffalo Waller. When we're down and out, when we are at our lowest ebb, our worst point, when we are defeated, disinherited, damaged, abandoned. It is during these times that God wants to do, I believe, His greatest work in our lives, when everything we believe is coming to an end, when things couldn't get any worse, when we are in Nazareth, perhaps God is preparing to do something wonderful, big, and powerful in your life and mine. I mean, think for a moment. The disciples, three years, traveled with Jesus. He's the one. They they put all of their hope and trust and faith in Him, and then He died. He went to the cross. He was betrayed. He was crucified. And that instrument of death became a symbol of hope. Death became resurrection. The power of sin and evil became a victory for God. E. Stanley Jones, you may or may not know that name. It's a name floated most often in in older Methodist circles, but he was one of the great missionaries of the last century. He was born in 1884 and at the age of 21 became a missionary to India where he subsequently lived almost the entirety of his life until he died in 1973 in our denomination he was offered the episcopacy he he was encouraged to become a bishop in our church because he was such a great leader and so well respected and they thought y- you will do such a tremendous job as a leader and encouraging others but he said no no my, my place is in India my place is in the mission field he wrote a number of books the last book he wrote I think has a tremendous title, The Divine Yes. He wrote that book, however, at a time in his life when many were taking it easy and enjoying their grandchildren, 82 years of age. He had had a stroke, it had paralyzed a part of his body, and he was unable to write and not able to speak very well or very clearly. But with the assistance of his daughter he believed that God desired him to in effect give a last testimony of his life and how God had worked in his life for some eighty years and so with the help of his daughter he dictated to her and into an old cassette player what took days and weeks and months what usually would not take nearly as long but he was impeded by this stroke and the book begins I think as strong as any book can Jesus is the yes Jesus is the yes the divine yes it outsold every other book E. Stanley Jones had ever written and it was written out of Nazareth at an old age after suffering A stroke but he believed that God wanted him to speak one more time and he allowed God to use him and that's what I want you to know today that when you are at a low point when you feel that you're at your worst when you feel abandoned when you feel alone right then and there God may very well be preparing to do something great in your life something powerful with you he may very well be preparing to use you in your family in your workplace in the community in the church when you think when I think everything is coming to an end it's not going as I planned it's okay because God is present and his work will be done in our lives if only we are willing it's an incredible story really the story of Jesus what an unlikely Lord a middle-aged single man a simple man a carpenter a fisherman he is the one who's going to become the Messiah and from an unlikely place Nazareth nothing it's not even good enough to be called Buffalo Waller. It's south of that place. Further still, he calls people like you and me. Simple, everyday people. People who are uneducated and dirty like fishermen, tax collectors, rebels, policemen, housewives, schoolteachers, and recovering alcoholics. We all come out of Nazareth, but from Nazareth, but from Nazareth comes a God who is seeking to bless others through us. Won't you allow him to begin to do that work in you today? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, thank you for listening. This is John Bowling, pastor of Franklin First United Methodist Church in Franklin, Kentucky. Hope that you can visit with us sometime and you can find all the information about our church and how you can be involved at franklinfirstumc.com. If you'd like to financially support this ministry, that would greatly be appreciated. And again, you can find our mailing address on our website. Take care.